Ladies and gentlemen, people of all gender expressions, thank you for checking out the North Bank Media Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Strevens. We made here episode number 100. Uh, happy to have my friend Gabriel Lima on the show to commemorate the moment. Uh, he's a Mexican-born uh, cinematographer, colorist, filmmaker, business person, father, um, overall great guy, and one of my one of my best friends. So. Um, Glad to reconnect with him and talk about business, talk about the art, talk about life, a little bit of politics and all of that surrounding it. Um, thank you for watching over the past year. Looking forward to continuing on the journey. Um, hopefully a little more quality and a little less quantity as we go forward. But, um, you know, there's a great pool of talent here in Edmonton, um, creatively and otherwise, that I look forward to tapping into and continuing the conversation with. So in the meantime, enjoy this one, a conversation with my friend, the filmmaker, Gabriel Lima. Mr. Lima, episode 100, thank you for being the guy and thank you for uh, making time to be here. Yeah, man, I'm excited. Honestly, the only reason I'm here is because you told me I was going to be 100. So. <laughs> I, know. I know, I bumped a bunch of people out. I completely pulled Barrett <laughs> off the show. He's not on anymore, so it's... <laughs> no, man, no, it's, 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 uh, it's awesome to be here again, man. It was a blast last time. I've uh, loved listening to what you've been doing with the show, so it's, um, it's good to be back. Thanks, buddy. Well, I appreciate that. And you've been a supporter and you, you came out to do some photography for that one episode. So that's what keeps us creatives going, I think, is having <laughs> other creatives to support us. Yeah, just doing shit for exposure. That's that's how we live. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I have so many exposure bucks, man. It's crazy. <laughs> man, yeah. If exposure bucks could be turned into crypto. <laughs> oh, man, we should make an exposure coin. For, uh, for freelancers. <laughs> for, for freelancers. <laughs> That'd be funny. <laughs> so I, I was just thinking, have we not been in person together since what? Your birthday or September sometime? Uh, no, we've done a couple things. Did uh, we? we did that. Yeah, we did this shoot. Um, it was like that round table for your clients. Oh, right. Yeah. Right, right. That was in October. Okay, fair enough. But I think... That may have been the last time. It might have been it. And I was thinking like yeah. September 20 to September 21, we were like inseparable. We did a shitload of work together. <laughs> yeah, we basically slept in the same bed. So. Mm-hmm. Which was weird <laughs> yeah. when your wife came in. But It's <laughs> <laughs> a story for another podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll say publicly, congratulations on the birth of your kid. And that's that's just wonderful, man. It's awesome to see. Thanks, man. It's been it's been a blast. It's been definitely something to to get used to. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're privileged in the fact that uh, being fully self employed, right. I could spend you know ninety percent of my time with him and with Elisa. So I mean, I'm as much or as little support as I can be, right? And there's <laughs> there's only so much you can do as a dad at this stage, um, other than. Uh, look at, look at them. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't have boobs to give milk. <laughs> so, um, but it's, it's been amazing. I think we lucked out the kids. Amazing. He just yeah. laughs the whole time. He's always smiling and 
puts up with our uh, insane amount of traveling that we've been doing since yeah. day five after he was born. We had him in Banff. Um, I had a shoot out there, and we took Ellie's uh, mother mother out there because mm-hmm. uh, she was here helping with post-pregnancy stuff. Right. Um, and then almost right after that, we were in Mexico for a month for a mix of work and, and, and pleasure. Right. So it was, uh, mm-hmm. it's, uh, and you know, he's, he's been great. It's been fun. Yeah. Have there been things that you maybe didn't expect or, or things that have kind of blindsided you with, with the kid? <laughs> I've never had shit in my face until I had a baby. <laughs> That's probably a good thing, but <laughs> that, <you know. laughs> yeah. that, was, that was definitely something that caught me off guard. It was, uh, it was a fun story. I was changing him. I thought he was done. <laughs> it definitely wasn't done and uh i got a, a poop spray in the face nice. which is, uh yeah it's uh one i'm going to tell at his wedding that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> no kidding what so right in the face like in the mouth or oh dude everything nice. everything like I, I was in shock <laughs> i was in shock i was um all, all of a sudden ellie heard me yell like what the fuck and, <laughs> <laughs> and um and she's like what happened i'm like well I just got shit in my face. <laughs> it was like, it was like a spray. It was just disgusting. And he was laughing, which was uh, oh, wow. the only thing that made me not, you know, right. die at that moment. But he was just having a blast. I'm like, you, you know what you did. Yeah. You? Oh, you, know. <laughs> you know, literally having a blast all over dad's face. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, pun not intended. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I really admire the way you make your business and your lifestyle just gel. Like with, as far as like you employ your fiance, you've, you've obviously the kid isn't slowing you down. That's just, I really admire that about you, man. The lifestyle just, it is what you want it to be for the most part. I appreciate that, man. And, and you know, in part it is, it is what I want it to be and it is what it has to be, right? When mm. you're self-employed, you just can't, you can't stop, right? Because um, unfortunately, it's uh, especially in our industry, it's a huge revolving door of clients. Mm. And um, while we do have our, our consistent and our loyal clients, mm-hmm. um, the, it's a type of work that isn't to be doing for them every day, right? It's not giving you an everyday paycheck with each client. Mm-hmm. Um so it's it's a constant search, and when things pop up, you just gotta. If the opportunity is right, the time is right, and obviously the money's right. Mm-hmm. Um, until we create our crypt, our uh, exposure <laughs> right. coin, exposure coin. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, then you just have to take it, right? Because uh, ultimately, it's uh, giving. At least in my point of view, it's giving my family everything that I want to give them, um, and the only way to do that is by not stopping. Plus we get the pleasure of being able to do this, uh, locally, mm-hmm. um, you know, in other cities in, in Canada and a lot of international work. So that's pretty mm-hmm. sweet too. And you really grind on those weddings too. I mean, how many weddings a year roughly? Oh, man, like, um, we're, we're slowing down on the weddings yeah. uh, like purposefully because mm. this year I think we did 26, 27 weddings. Okay. Um, which in practice, like people think about it and they're like, Oh, well you're only working 26, 27 days out of the year, but no, each one of those weddings is like two or three weeks of post. Right. So, (laughs) yeah. Well, and you cut and you cut your stuff nice. Like it's like a music video or a movie almost, you know, it's not just a grandpa's highlight reel (laughs) (laughs) you know that's actually how we sell it i'm like uncle bob can you know show up to your wedding with a camera a digital camera and shoot it for you and Mm -hmm. 
I mean, that might be great for, for what you want, mm -hmm. but with us, I mean, we try to make it as, um, uh, I hate saying this, but as cinematic as possible mm -hmm. and, um, giving people something to be able to look back on and not only feel, you know, the love of the day, mm -hmm. but also, um, we, we try to make them feel like movie stars on day, Right. Um, and that's, that's what, what we try to put forth in our edits. But like I said, we're trying to really cut down on them because yeah. for one, um, being in Canada, the, the wedding season is very seasonal, mm -hmm. right? Whereas mm -hmm. in other places like uh, the warmer states in the U.S. or Mexico, it's a year-round thing. Mm. Um, but here, essentially, from April to October, we had no free weekends at all. Because um, uh, between the wedding work and the commercial work, it's... It just was too much. Right. And w our wedding clients do require, well, at least with us, they, we do a lot more work rather than just shoot and then post. We spend a lot of time with them beforehand, mm. making sure that their schedules work with the amount of time that they have us so that we, they can make the most of the time that they book us. Mm. Um, but it's, uh, it's a whole process from beginning to end. Right. And um, so it does eat up a lot of time. So... I mean, long story short, we're drastically <laughs> raising prices so that nice. we can, um, you know, if if we get more no's, that's okay. But for that one yes that we're going to get, it's going to be worth a hundred no's. So right on, right on. That's kind of the, the way that we're going with the with the wedding side of things. Yeah. Cool. Well, yeah, we should say forever films weddings. If you're looking to do a high end, <laughs> you know, cinematic wedding video, you 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 guys are the guys in my books. Thanks, man. I appreciate. it. I mean, there's a lot of talent in the city. Mm -hmm. Um, and we always tell, tell our potential couples to shop around because, mm -hmm. uh, for us more than what we charge, uh, more than what we provide at the end of the day, it's about them feeling the right vibe. If they don't feel with the right vibe, right. they could be paying us a thousand dollars. They could be paying us 10. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, they're not going to feel comfortable on the day of. So, mm -hmm. um, there are a lot of other talented people in the city, um, off the top of my head, Sam Reed, sure. um, Kevin Mayer, uh, Matt, I don't know how to say his last name, but, uh, he's, uh, they, these are just some of the top ones that come off the top of my head that are absolutely amazing. And, and I think it's them and us that are really taking the videography, the wedding videography to another level in the mm -hmm. city, because in Alberta, it's very, it's very new in a sense, yeah. right? Um, a lot of, a lot of people still, shot for photographer first and then they're like well maybe we need a videographer and they want somebody that's a thousand or fifteen hundred dollars and they'll be able to find it yep. but those people are charging for what uncle bob could do right so <laughs> so yep. um i mean i feel like uh between us and these other people that i mentioned we're we're trying to take it to a different level mm -hmm. and uh really making things um a little bit more sophisticated and a little mm -hmm. bit more advanced when it comes to to wedding videos um, and i mean fortunately we also do photos so if right. somebody doesn't want us for the video part because it's still too expensive for them then we can still help them out with the photo which is pretty sweet right on and you're like the product that you deliver for the wedding video it's not like a straight capture of the whole day like people a lot of people that's what they balk at it's like well i'm never gonna watch that but if you give them what like a four or five minute like highlight reel of the day it's to me, it's pretty appealing once they see what it is. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think that's also 
another part of our sales pitch. Have I sold you a wedding before? <laughs> no, but I think you're probably going to one day. Yeah, well, if if your girlfriend actually exists. Um, <laughs> <laughs> She's real to me, damn it. <laughs> um, yeah, so it, it's... Um, it's not a, we do offer like a full day edit, which we call the, the documentary edit. Okay. Um, it's still not like a straight A to B thing, right? Mm. We, we still try to make it in a documentary form and try to make it a little bit more engaging visually and, and more importantly in the story. Sure. Um, we're really focused on trying to tell a story with these videos, not just a recap mm. of the day. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it, our our main thing is delivering what's called a highlight film, and right. um, and with this we we give them uh, it's a seven seven to ten minute video uh, that kind of captures uh, the essence of everything, but mainly focused on the couple, hmm. um, and that really it, you know it's um, it's very appealing as you said because you don't have to sit through two three hours of everything that <laughs> doesn't really matter, and. Um, yeah. But on top of that, we're, we're also including in our packages, which is part of our justification of increasing prices, mm. is the full ceremony edit, um, which right now with COVID is a pretty big deal for people because mm. a lot of people can't have everybody that they want, either for traveling or for health restrictions or age restrictions or whatever. They can't have everybody that they want at their wedding. So having the ceremony edit does kind of um, appeal to them as well, which is, I mean, if you have a 30-minute ceremony, it's a 15 minute video of the ceremony. We kind of okay. condense it, gotcha. right? Cause we don't need to watch the 30 seconds while everybody stands up and sits down and then right. stands up and sits down again. <laughs> <laughs> it's better than being there. Uh, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have you, uh, have you cut that one that I shot for you guys in September or are you still, that's. We're in the process of, um, okay. <laughs> uh, she still hasn't finished paying. So, mm. Mm. <laughs> so we kind of started and we're like, mm, okay, we'll wait. <laughs> that was a crazy one, man. The, the amount of money that, I mean, I'm sure you see it, but the, like just as a high priced wedding with, with just all the bells and whistles, you know, some people. Yeah. You know what? It's uh it's pretty unique for Canada, at least for the Alberta crowd. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. There are not a lot of people that will want to spend more than, I mean, which is still a disgusting amount of money for a for a wedding, which is thirty forty thousand dollars average. Right. What a what a wedding is spending here um, in Alberta. Mm -hmm. But um, there have been a few that we've shot that are over the hundred thousand dollar mark for the wedding. Um, the one that we sent you to being one of them. Sure. Um, and honestly, like that was one of the weddings that I was looking forward to the <laughs> most, just I simply know. because of the location. Yes. Yeah. Um, like it, it was, uh, you know, a vineyard in BC, like that you, we don't get that kind of stuff here. I mean, we get a lot of mountain weddings, which is sweet and awesome yep. and we love them, but just a different, a little bit more coast vibe, right? Absolutely. So, California um, vibes. Yeah, exactly. That's what I feel about, uh, what I felt that wedding was going to be like, <laughs> but I mean, luckily shortly after we had to cover a wedding in Cabo for 10 days. So right. I oh, can't man. really complain. <laughs> <laughs> well, good for you. You bastard. <laughs> what, yeah. I'm curious about who, who these people are that, that take you up on, on that offer. Like, is it, do you find it's a certain kind of personality? These people that are, that like to, to do the wedding video or some people are kind of like, yeah, I don't need the video. That's a tough question. Mm -hmm. Cause, um, 
right now instagram is making everybody you know mm-hmm. tiktok social media is making everybody want the video right not everybody can afford it mm-hmm. because they didn't contemplate it into their budget because they already spent um between three to six thousand dollars or more on their photographer right. Right? right so when they're looking for the video um there are people that want to be able to share this on social media mm. i think that's that's one of the biggest crowds that, that seeks us um the reason why they want to share on social media is because not everybody can attend their wedding um whether it's budget restrictions whether it's uh, covid restrictions sure. just you know you can't have well i mean you can but most people won't have a thousand people wedding right so um (laughs) so it's um i i think it's 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 not necessarily a type of personality Mm. it's uh it's it's just kind of what's becoming the trend these Mm. days um and the people that end up booking us are the people that that can afford it right because um i feel like we we're pretty good at connecting with people um it's yes. uh <laughs> it's probably part of our our latin blood you know we <laughs> we're we're open we're warm and mm-hmm. and um we we try to make people uh you know feel more like our friends than our clients right and i mean it's funny because in mexico it's a completely different vibe when somebody books you for this like mexican clients mm-hmm. or couples they book you and you're a service provider provider through and through um and you're treated as such and and they act as such when you're around Mm. no matter how well you know them or how you know how random they are Mm. um where that was uh i actually never noticed that because i'm i mean i've been in canada for 14 years um but with ellie only being here for almost four years now um she's always shocked when we're leaving a wedding or yeah, usually when we're leaving a wedding and the parents of the bride and groom or the bride and groom themselves, they come up to us and they thank us mm. for being there. And, you know, and it's usually hugs and, and uh, invitations to hang out sometime after the wedding. And, you know, more like we feel like more part of their crew and their friends and family mm. than the service provider. Right. It's just like that to me is, is such a shock because that would never happen over there. Right. Like it's, um, and it's uh i don't know if it, it has if it has to do with how we are with people mm. or if that's just how people you know feel at the end of the wedding with their vendors mm-hmm. um but for us it's been a, a pretty cool experience seeing that that is neat i had no idea but you told me once too that like uh weddings as we think of them here in canada are quite a bit different in mexico like as far as the, cer- the sort of the ceremony and the you know the how would you describe yeah, it? You know, I think um, weddings in Mexico are still, by and large, traditional. Mm. Um, so you have the church wedding, and it's an hour-long mass, and it's Catholic, and right. it's boring as hell. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's beautiful. I mean, right. the, the churches that they do this stuff in, and like the whole ceremony itself and the concept of it, I think is is it's super outdated, but it's okay. beautiful. Hmm. Um, like... Um, yeah, so I mean, I, I really prefer the 20, 30 minute ceremony that they do here, which is um, essentially like you're just you're signing and, you know, somebody saying some nice words and not say, I think that's how wedding should be. But in terms of the reception, um, we're talking night and day, like right. Uh, right. 
weddings, at least in the area in Mexico where I'm from, um, you're, you're probably not going to see the kind of production that goes into this wedding in anything that you do here in, in Canada. Mm. Like it's uh, not even the nightclub. Like there's like flowers all over the ceiling hanging and there's fireworks on the dance floor oh, and like shit. pyrotechnics and shit. <laughs> and it, it is wild. And usually weddings in Mexico, like it, they're no less than 500 people in a wedding. Um, yeah. My cousin's wedding was 800 people. Um, so it's, um, which I mean, that's not what I want to do for my wedding, even no. though we are doing it in Mexico. Mm. It's, uh, it's, uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's ridiculous. Cause you have to, when you live there, I feel like it's that feeling that you have to invite your friends, your, your parents, friends, and you know, like mm-hmm. business associates and people that you don't even know. Right. Like at my cousin's wedding, she probably knew two tables Damn. and the rest were, you know, uh, parents, friends and, and people that they needed to invite because of that. So, right ridiculous but in terms of like visuals and 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 like how the whole thing is set up it's it's insane man it's absolutely gorgeous Hmm. where i feel like the majority of weddings here because you know um well i actually don't know the reason but there's a lot of weddings where where you show up and it feels like you're at a school gym right and and the (laughs) chairs are like office chairs and like (laughs) so it's like so for for us, it creates a, a challenge to to be creative mm. in those in those scenarios. Like, okay, so the decoration here is shit. <laughs> what do we do? <laughs> how do we right. how do we make this look nice? And um, so it kind of really helps me work on on my cinematographer side mm. and um, being able to to act on the fly, so that when I'm actually working on on you know scripted projects. Then I'm like, oh, well, I did this on the run. What if I did it with a little bit of more planning and, right. you know, and lighting? And, mm. and so it, it, it's a cool dynamic, man. No, that's awesome. That's, I, I remember now what you were saying was that like bachelor parties or uh, like wedding parties is not so much a thing in Mexico. Oh, yeah. Wedding parties are not. That's not a thing over there. Mm. Um, and speeches during the reception, right. not a thing either, which... I I wish speeches weren't a thing here. Like we don't care, oh, Stacy, that you know Karen from you know yeah. ten years ago, and that you guys both got drunk and you know made bad decisions. Her ass. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And now you're thirty <laughs> right? and she's settling down. Yeah, and you're still drinking and alone, and you're trying <laughs> okay. to make jokes about that on the podium. <laughs> yeah, right? I bet you just seen some <laughs> horrific shit. Oh man, there's been some some speeches that were like just just stop. Like, just, just stop. stop. There's a <laughs> man. I think the <laughs> probably wasn't the worst one, but a bad one. Um, the the MC was the bride's uncle. Yeah, it was the bride's uncle, mm-hmm. and the bride's sister had just gotten a boob job, and the uncle would not stop making jokes about the boobs. Whoa! And we're like, dude, that's 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 your niece for one. Also, she's very uncomfortable. You can right. tell by her face oh. that she's not cool with her jokes. And he kept saying, like, by the way, any single boys here? My niece just got a boob job and she's single. And we're like, what? <laughs> and then she's like, I'm not single. My boyfriend's right there. Wow. And we're like, oh, my God. <laughs> well, what's up with that? Because I was once at a wedding where the, the best man just started talking about how big the, the groom's dick was. And it was, it was just like endless. It's like, what are you doing here? People just lose you their know, minds. Well, liquor is a part I, of it. Liquor is a part of it. It's, um, 
I think that that really goes. Uh, that's something that we really emphasize in our like pre-wedding meetings with our couples. It's like keep your speeches list short. Right. Like have only the people that you absolutely trust to give a good speech, and tell them you have a time limit because there's nothing worse than an hour long speech where people just want to get onto the party. They want to get on drinking, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, uh, it's cool that, you know, people stand up and they feel the, the, the love to say these words to you, Mm -hmm. but, um, they could have just as well written it to you in a letter, right? They don't need to to expose it in, in public in front of 150 people. Um, so it's just those kind of traditions that, that, that are different, that I understand why people appreciate them here, mm-hmm. but that if I could do without, I'm like, perfect, get rid of them. I do like the bridal party side of things. I think it, it's, um, mm. I mean, for me, it wouldn't work because I have like two friends <laughs> counting you. Wow. Hi. Um, no, I'm kidding, but it's... Um, <laughs> but not really. I was at your birthday party. Uh, <laughs> There's a few people. Yeah, no. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's a really cool dynamic, and and getting to spend time with them, getting those cool pictures with them. Yeah. Um. It, it's it's sweet. Um. But yeah, those those are probably some of the biggest difference in terms of traditions. Mm-hmm. You know, the church, uh, the um, uh, the bridal parties and the speeches. Interesting, man. Appreciate the insight. Now I look forward to your Mexican wedding in the near future. <laughs> well, it'll be it'll be a little different because we're doing it in Cabo, so it'll be a little bit more tropical. Um, nice. It's uh, we're gonna we're not sure if it's gonna be exactly in Cabo or this like small mm. town beach like surfer town mm. that's like forty minutes from there. But it's gonna be dope. It's gonna be dope. Right on, right on. Well, I'll, I'll work yeah. on my beach bod for the next year. <laughs> yeah, you and me both, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, dad bod, dad. Well, I, I'm against the whole dad bod thing, but I guess it's, it is what it is. You know, you can't, uh, can't you know what? It, it's funny because, um, you, you can do it all if you, and I was just talking to Elisa about this, uh, yesterday, two days ago. It's all about, you know, proper time management, which mm. I've always been shitty at. Right. Okay. So right now it's, um, it's a matter of scheduling yourself to, do you know a block of work and then a block of working out and then a block of spending time with the family blonde a block of time for yourself is super important as well you know um whether it's reading a book whether it's uh you know getting lost in vr oh damn nice. in the metaverse <laughs> uh, jerking off in the metaverse yeah <laughs> it's um <laughs> it's uh it's a uh, or, or even like for me a lot of um a lot of my free time is is perfecting my craft, which is my hobby, which is my industry, which is my business, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's uh, watching tutorials on color grading or listening mm-hmm. to podcasts on cinematography nice. or, you know, reading my favorite directors or cinematographers' biographies. Like, mm-hmm. it sounds nerdy, but that kind of stuff, you know, mm-hmm. that also counts as you time. You don't necessarily yes. need to run away and go fishing or, you know, go out <laughs> drinking with the boys. <laughs> no one, you're probably better off if you can kind of bring it all under one umbrella where, I mean, how do you totally well, disengage though? Because there's that problem too, right? I, you know, I think, um, it, 
maybe it, it isn't what you're referring to, but it goes in line with it that uh, it's um, I've had a hard time maintaining friendships with mm. my old friends that aren't in the same industry mm. um, or that are like before it wasn't a, an issue when I worked in the trades. Right. Cause you know, there's, there's something always there where right now I kind of feel like the outside guy, the guy that mm. doesn't have a real job, the guy that, you know, when he, when he talks about his work, he's talking about working with cameras and lights and, and sets and, right. you know, weddings. And <laughs> so people are kind of like, Oh, okay, cool. Like they're, they're watching you like a strange animal in a cage. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's, um, I've, I've personally found that it's um, like the good relationships that I have right now are with people that, that I can connect to with these kind of uh, right. subjects that I'm into every single day, which is an issue with, with what you were saying, which is keeping everything under one umbrella, mm -hmm. right? right. Um, which in a sense, I, it, it makes me retract on my words. You do have time for everything, which you really, you don't. Right. Because um, if you had time for everything, I, I could have time to keep myself updated on subjects that are a little bit more outside this umbrella. Right. Right. Um, but in a way, I don't mind because I love mm -hmm. what I do. Um, I love the people that surround me. And, uh, you know, it's a it's a good moment in life. That's for sure. Beautiful. Well, I think that's the danger, too, is like, yeah, you could be up to date on like politics or whatever the fuck is going on. But so what? You have no control over it. And it's just going to in some ways, it's just going to drag you down. And yeah, absolutely. You know what? That's uh, one of the main reasons why I, I try not to go on Facebook anymore. And <laughs> it's uh, like, it, it, it's a, it's a toxic relationship that we have with social media mm. and, um, and the information that we get, whether it's the right information or misinformation, mm. right? Like I guess uh, it's, uh, it really depends on how you view it. And, um, and it's funny, I was uh, talking to, um, I consider him a, a friend or a acquaintance or a buddy, um, <laughs> something. <laughs> yeah, slowly working his way yeah. down the chain, it sounds like. No, no, he, he's, a, he's a good guy. I consider him a buddy. This is actually the first time we engaged in person. We talk a lot over Facebook and mm -hmm. things like that. We engage a lot on each other's posts, but this is the first time we actually met in person. Okay. Um, and we were both shooting the same thing. And I knew from his post that he is anti-COVID vaccination. Okay. So he's not anti-vax because he, he, you know, he believes in the other vaccines, but it's the COVID one mm. that he's against. Sure. So I asked him, I'm like, so <laughs> like, does your wife feel the same way? Are you guys both on the same page? And he's like, she's actually an epidemiologist. Wow. So she definitely doesn't think the same way. She's vaccinated. Right. I believe their kids are as well. Um, but, uh, but he's like, and I'm like, how do you navigate that? You know, being anti-vax for COVID and she's in like, she knows, yeah. you know, what's going on with this. And, and he's like, well, I think it's because of the way that I view it, where he's like, I believe in the science and I understand the science. Mm -hmm. But for me, it's the fact that the, the way that the government is handling it and the way that it's, um, being forced upon us and, and, you know, and, and all that. And I'm like, well, I, I agree there, like the, the government handling of the COVID situation, whether you look at Canada, the U S really most places in the world, 
they're <laughs> shitting the bed when it comes to this, right? Completely. Um, so I, I feel like there, there's definitely a different way which the vaccine could have been approached. And um, instead of being, you have to do this because if not, you will die and your friends will die. Right. And then when people kind of died, but not everybody died. <laughs> right. People are like, well, why do I have to? Yeah, and you tell me I have to, so I don't want to because you're telling me that I have to. Right. And that it's, it's a very primitive uh, psychology, very primitive mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, that, um, And I say primitive because we've had it since we were children, right? Like mm-hmm. when, when your parents tell you not to do something, what's the first thing you do? do it. You do it. Yeah. And when they tell you, when they tell you, you, you shouldn't eat that candy, you want that candy more. Right. Right. So it's um, I, I feel like if they would have approached the vaccines a different way with a different type of uh, message and, and information mm-hmm. um, and not rushing with their messages where one day it's one thing and then another day it's another thing. Mm-hmm. Um, then I feel like that 30, 40 percent of the population that still isn't vaccinated would have been reduced to the crazy 10 percent. Right. Now that's a 10% that I'm pulling out of my ass, but yeah, um, like, I'm, sure. I'm just saying that the numbers would have been reduced completely. Um, and it or not completely, but drastically, um, if it would have been approached differently. And I just think it's, it's ironic that that's, uh, that's how things played out. Oh, it's yeah. I mean, I, you could go down the rabbit hole of that for sure, but I, I was just going to say, how the hell did we even get on that? <laughs> I don't know what you were talking <laughs> about. I don't remember. <laughs> you, how did we know? But I don't even know. It's that's the crazy thing is now every conversation becomes COVID no matter how like, Oh yeah. We were talking about getting informed about, uh, politics and all that right, kind of stuff right, and right, social right. media. Um, and it just, it creates a lot of, uh, our unnecessary arguments because like you said, we have no control over it. Right. Um, and we don't even have control over the stuff that we see on social media because, uh, the moment the, the platform thinks, you liked something because you spent an extra 30 seconds on it mm-hmm. and it's going to start feeding you more of it. And maybe it's not necessarily what you want to see. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and like, for instance, when, when Trump was in office, um, I would just love reading up, uh, oh. whether it's opposing or in favor, I miss right? that guy. Just, man. Like, honestly, <laughs> the U S politics have been so boring since he's gone. Oh, I know it's a, <laughs> it's a snooze fest with the old man at the wheel. Come on. Um, well, I'm pretty sure he is snoozing at the wheel, oh, yeah. but, <laughs> um, I don't, I don't think he's even alive anymore. He's just electronically it's, animated. It's weekend at Bernie's <laughs> man. They're just stringing him along. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's, um, it, I used to watch like, whether it's like I said, opposing or in favor, but then it got to a moment where my feed would, was just that. And then I found mm. myself engaging in arguments with people right. that were, you know, of opposing views. And I, like, sometimes I, I'd look at the clock and, and I've been like, fuck, I've been fighting with these idiots that I don't <laughs> even know for like right. two hours. God damn. And now I'm the idiot because yes. my shit shows up as in Gabriel commented on this. And then my friends see that I'm fighting with some fucking yeah. random. And it's just, <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> well, I look like the fucking moron. <laughs> well, exactly. It, nobody wins in that situation. No. Like, even <laughs> if you win, and no one ever changes their mind. You know, like, what the fuck's the point? Yeah, exactly. So it's, you're never going to change somebody's mind, especially on social media. Yeah. Um, and the funny thing is, you could engage with these people on social media in one way, mm-hmm. and then getting to this massive argument, but then see them in person, and you can actually have a conversation with them, right? There's, I know. 
there's this video uh social experiment a few years ago where they did that where it's like absolute redneck republicans and you know having conversations with people that were either gay or mm -hmm. trans or um or not white or you know or whatever and mm -hmm. it turns out that you know these these people when they were interviewed they would say these extremely bigoted things right but then when they engaged with a person face to face it was a completely different vibe and and made a few of them understand mm. which which um which is a really cool thing that i've kind of implemented in in our work for our commercial side of things for our commercial clients is okay. the psychology of human connection mm. right um cool when when people from companies they they, they tell us that they want like a promo video. Mm -hmm. We usually try to tell them, all right, instead of a promo video, we could do a promo video as a B thing, but make your A thing um, a brand message video where the potential clients are seeing you right. as a person, not as a brand. Um, so it, it's really, um, it's something that, that I find super interesting how, how psychology works and, and all those aspects, right? Like how it can drag you down at the pole of arguing with idiots on social media right. um, and how you can use that same information to help yourself and, and your business if you have a business or whatever. Sure. Yeah. Or even just better your relationships with people. If you understand how people work. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, but I mean, not a lot of people see it that way. And a lot of people just see it as a way to fight and argue and yeah. <laughs> that's where it ends. But you're right though. Like I get, into this thing of just going down my Twitter feed and just, oh, there's these fucking woke liberals. <laughs> Fuck them all. I, I hate them. And then, you know, then it's like, I've never met anybody who's truly that woke and that progressive in real life. Maybe once yeah. and you talk to them and it's like, I, I see where you're coming from. But Twitter just, or all social media flattens it into one dimension. And the nuance is often squeezed out. You know what? The thing is, nobody is actually that woke. No. Because at the end of the day, they're not repeating their beliefs. They're repeating the shit that they're seeing mm. on social media. They're repeating the shit that they're being sold by an algorithm, mm -hmm. right? Um, so nobody actually truly believes that, but they make them, them they make themselves actually believe that. Right. Um, and and I I saw this a lot in the EDM community okay. when I was a DJ. When I was like when there were when there were music festivals, right. um, yeah. there are a lot of woke people in that in that scene mm. um where they're all holistic and it's all about love and respect for each other <laughs> but then you notice that it's only about love and respect for each other when it when they think and feel the same way as you right. the moment they don't think and feel the same way as you then they're idiots they're bigots right. they're you know uh illiterate they're <laughs> so illiterate, when it comes to, to being woke, it's ultimately just another stance. True. Right? right. Um, it's another viewpoint of the same thing. And we're all seeing the same thing from different points. Mm -hmm. um, I try to keep myself standing in the middle and laughing at everybody else that's, you know, stuck in their, right. their extreme points. But, um, but most people do have, I, I don't know, man, I don't know if it's a, the need to feel like you belong to something, to a community, mm -hmm. um, 
that they they tend to go to extremes when really if we realize that we're arguing the same point right with different words or with different arguments then i think so many things could be solved i mean obviously there's the extremes of you know racist people or homophobes that there's really no salvation for them <laughs> but um but in in the larger scheme of things most of us are just fighting for the same thing it's true and we're all coming at it from our own singular point of view or it's like if we if we stop seeing each other as being so different and we could you know look i can understand what it's like to be you so can we maybe at least just keep talking and better understanding knowing that it's still going to be my point of view exactly and and, and you know it's um it's hard when you get into say into thinking that like okay well right. we just have different point of views why can't we just get along and you respect my view and, and I respect yours? Right. Because you're going to have, you know, an old farmer, <laughs> Patrick, <laughs> no, I'm good. you're going to have some old guy saying, Oh, well, penis should go in vagina. Right. Right. You know, and no blacks here. And so Whoa. I was on board <laughs> the first part there, but then it went, <laughs> <laughs> but you're going to find people that, that have that mentality where right. no matter how much it is your viewpoint it it's ultimately wrong for somebody else right right um so i think when it comes to social issues it's really really hard to find common ground um if you're not on the same side um because the only uh, the only common ground is saying i don't give a fuck right you know i don't i don't care if you're a man that's now a woman that's now a man again and now you're pregnant and from a man that was a woman mm -hmm. like that's that's your problem don't push <laughs> it on me that's your problem right that's yes your, that's your don't push it on me that's fine i don't care if you're you know black if you're white if you're chinese if you're filipino if you're mexican mm -hmm. that's good for you you know right. enjoy it love it share your culture but that's about it. Like right. one thing that pisses me off is that people that cry about cultural cu cultural appropriation. Like it, it's people should unless they're doing it in a mockery right. type of way. Like then in that that sense, and sure. Like I hate when people wear taco costumes or you know, <laughs> do you <laughs> or when they make? I do. I think it's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it's idiotic because it's not even a real taco. It's their they're hard shell, oh. right? Which, <laughs> which, is, which is really a tostada, which is a hard tortilla, a fried tortilla. Um, so it's not even a fucking shell. So it's just stupid. But <laughs> <laughs> right. But like it's um, when it when it comes to to cultural appropriation issues, I'm like, so why does it matter that you know Justin Bieber is rapping, you know? If he if he's doing a good job, like I don't know if he raps, but like, I'm just using as, a, sure. as an example that mm -hmm. he's he's a dude that's a white dude that uses a lot of um, black influence in his music. Mm -hmm. Who cares if he's white if he's doing a good job at it? It's right. he's not taking anything away from from black artists, right? Just like right. if a black artist decides to, um, I don't know what's a white type of music polka <laughs> yeah. country music. <laughs> if, yeah. If a black artist decides to sing country, he's not taking anything away from country artists, right? It, right. It, 
in, in a complete different sense to me, he's, um, that artist is, is showing appreciation for, for that side of things. Like sure. just because you're black or white doesn't mean you need to stick to that. Um, which is funny because it's something we see from elementary school or maybe not, but maybe like junior high or high school where you see all the kids that are from the same cultural background mm -hmm. hanging out together. Right. Um, you see the groups of Filipino kids, the groups of uh, Lebanese kids, and they all kind of just have their own posses. And mm -hmm. I think that's stupid. Like <laughs> what's the point in living in a country where there's so many cultures and so, so many beautiful things to learn from each other when you're just going to enclose yourself into yours. Mm. Right. Um, which is, I mean, I, I grew up for the most part in Mexico, but I lived for four years in Canada as I was a kid mm -hmm. when I was a kid. And, um, and I tried to hop around with groups of friends and I had Latino friends. I had, mm. um, I had Lebanese friends. I had, um, Greek friends. I had white friends. Um, so it was, um, for me, it was just a matter of being friends with everybody. Um, and I still kind of go the same way. I mean, mm -hmm. you're probably the whitest friend I have and you're pretty freaking white. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I've seen you dance, Patrick. Have you? <laughs> no, oh, but I can imagine thank it. God. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, I have a wide range of friends because I don't feel that just because I'm Mexican, I should seek out the Latin community hmm. and stick with that community. Right. Yeah. Like, um, I'm here as a, as a Latino and I'll support Latin community and Latin efforts and, and everything that you want. But that doesn't mean that when I make a movie, it's going to be a movie based on, you know, Mexican stories. Right. Um, or when I used to make music, I wasn't going to, you know, make a mariachi song. Um, so, <laughs> sure. so it's, uh, I feel like it's just a matter of being able to indulge in everything. Um, but yeah. back to what we were talking about, it's, um, that's a, a social common ground that you won't see often. Hmm. People will kind of just, again, go to the extremes and, and right. it's, it's tough to navigate. It is tough to, I appreciate you saying all that. Like two things is like those people that come from that scarcity mindset where it's like, if you do something that's somehow taking from me, I mean, that's, that's a big issue, right? Like, Oh, Gabriel went out and got a, a new client. So now there's one less client for me. It's like, no, you, if you look at life that way, then you've got nothing. And then yeah, all this categorization based on race, gender, I mean, really it just, it, it narrows the, the potential for what humanity could be when we put them into boxes like that. You know what, it's uh, a lot of these people, they fight about, or, or their argument is you're segregating. Uh, you're segregating us, so you need to accept us. It's like, okay, but in your process of making you, make us, making us accept you, mm -hmm. you're segregating yourself again, right? Sure. Um, and it's, uh, if you want to be treated like a normal person, because you should be, right. you're human, mm -hmm. um, then just be human. Right. Don't make your sexual preference, don't make your race, don't make your whatever, your identity. Yes. Right? Be you. Be Patrick. Be Gabriel. Be 
Eric, be whoever the fuck you want. Yeah. But don't make your your biology and and your background your who you are. It's it's a part of you, a hundred percent. But it's not your identity. Well said, man. I mean, and that's a controversial opinion in some ways. But when you make your opinion for what, it's a group thing. It's like I'm part of this group. It's like, well, who are you? Because then, if if you're part of that group, then all the problems of that group are now yours. Well, not necessarily, yeah. but you've, exactly. you've taken that on. So, and really, you've stripped yourself of your humanity at that point. I really believe that. I I, I agree. Maybe not so much in the humanity, but definitely you've, you've stripped yourself of any sort of in individuality sure. um, because like you said, you, you do become the group, right? It's, right. it's, you're, you're part of the blubber as a whole. You're not yes. a person. You're not a person on yourself. I'm going to watch that movie later. Slubber. <laughs> yeah. The Robin, yeah. Was Robin Williams in that? Or was that Eddie Murphy? Yeah. Yeah. It was, it, no, Eddie Murphy was, um, was it big daddy? No, 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 big, no, not big guy. The, the big, do, big fuck. fat doctor that he was. I, I don't the know. The big fat doctor. That's what I was thinking about. But what the what was I'll the name of up. that movie? I'll look it up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Flubber was uh, definitely. I'm, I'm definitely watching Flubber later. So, by the way, talked about movies. My new favorite Christmas movie is Spider Man. What? Which Spider Man? The new one. Okay. Okay. F- yeah. There is. You're right. it, it, it can it can officially be categorized as a Christmas movie because there's like five seconds of a Christmas carol oh, in one yeah. of the scenes. There you go. So it for <laughs> me that it makes it officially a Christmas movie, um, <laughs> right next to Die Hard. <laughs> Die Hard is the ultimate Christmas movie. Yeah, it is the ultimate Christmas movie. That one and, and the Arnold movie where he's uh, looking for the last action figure. Okay, man, it's been so Have long. You, I. I... Oh man, you 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 got to get Disney Plus. So so many oh, gems on there. See, I worry I would go down the rabbit hole. So you, you, it's hard. <laughs> yeah. Well, I want to talk about that. I'll just quickly tell you what I discovered here. Flubber was Robin Williams in 1997. Yeah. Eddie Murphy was the Nutty Professor. Nutty Professor, that's what it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So man, we movies were great back then. <laughs> yeah. Just. Especially like, in the comedy was in another level. Mid nineties when you just didn't give a fuck about yeah. the stuff that we were talking about. We didn't yeah. offend somebody. Good. Yeah, like right now, if Eddie Murphy were to make those jokes in a movie, it like it would get cancelled by some woke people. Right. And ironically it would be some woke white chick on Twitter that gets offended about the black jokes. Right. Well, in the same way that they tried to cancel Chappelle for what he said about trans people and his special, but it's like, you didn't watch the special because what he said was very accepting in the end. It's, Chappelle's a tough one. Um, I, I completely agree. I completely agree, but his delivery is too raw for very, people these days. Yep. Right? So it just makes it makes it tough for for what he's actually trying to say right. to, to actually land. Um, but also on a complete different perspective, it's comedy. Right. 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 Like, it, like comedy can't be held to the same social standards as a regular conversation. Um, right. Because comedy is a world of its own. If you were making a documentary and that was your message, then yeah, sure. You're a piece of shit. <laughs> but if you're saying it as a joke, 
mm-hmm. whether it's an anecdote, but it's it's part of a comedy monologue, mm-hmm. then you can't, I mean, in my opinion, you can't take offense to it. But I know that 90% of people disagree with that. And honestly, that's not my problem. <laughs> totally. Well, I agree with you, man. It's like comedy is for a reason. It's to It's to expose how things work. And if we can laugh at it, then we can say, okay, maybe that is a bit ridiculous. And that's the biggest thing. The, the people that have issues with these things are people that can't laugh at themselves. And I laugh at myself every time I look at the mirror. So, hey. so. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good though. You have to, you have to, man. Like if, if the humility is what is going to keep us alive. Yeah. You know, taking yeah. yourself too seriously is one step into the grave. I would say. <laughs> for sure well, i wanted to i did want to ask you uh just with this this world that we're in how do you how are you going to navigate that as a father have you thought about that yeah. Sh- surely you have constantly yeah. <laughs> um i mean you you can't you can't do anything but try to understand mm. like i said it's uh at the end of the day it's um try to land in the middle and seeing everybody's viewpoint and then ultimately i believe what i believe Mm-hmm. and when my kid grows up he's gonna believe what he wants to believe i mean as as long as uh you know he's not out hitting women or being a piece of shit sure. or you know stealing or things like that as long as his morals are straight and um and he's a good human being then he can believe whatever the fuck he wants right, right. so <laughs> i guess you just have to give him the tools to think for himself that's the biggest thing. I think that's that's the hardest thing as well, because um, we struggle with it. We struggle with not getting sucked into that rabbit hole right. and um, and becoming part of these groups, becoming an identity based on a social belief or a political belief. Right. Um, so, being able to teach them that um, that it's okay to learn. It's okay to believe in things, but to not make that one thing you, right. that will probably be my only focus in, in terms of how to help them navigate the world because you can't hold them, you know, by the hand for their whole life. Yeah. And ultimately the tighter you hold, the more they're going to distance themselves. So it's um, like I said, just being there, I feel like it's going to be the, the best thing that I could do. And, uh, and the the main thing that I want to do, right? With like I said at the beginning, being self employed for now gives me that possibility. Yeah. And um and I want to take advantage of it as long as I can. Beauty. And you don't you don't foresee getting an actual job ever, do you? <laughs> I tried. <laughs> oh. I tried for you were part. You were there. I was there. Um, I was. The, I got you in the door, man. You got the, you got me. That you tricked me, bro. <laughs> you tricked. Dude, <laughs> you know well, what? It's yeah. I was actually talking to uh, another one of my best friends, uh, Adrian. Um, oh, yeah. We I saw him in Calgary a few days ago, nice. and um, and he was saying how it's so hard to go from the freelance world mm. back into uh, you know a nine to five paycheck deal. Mm. Um, but um, like when he went in, he kind of told him he's like i respect my free time and like you know and and i will commit to your goals and and your you know everything that you need me to do sure um and i'll get it done in an extremely professional timely manner which he does because he's one of the most professional people i know yeah and um 
and he was doing it, but he was also, you know, taking his liberty, showing up a little bit later to the office than everybody else, kind of like what I was doing. Yeah, right. <laughs> and he got the same talk that I did, which was like, yo, like, we're paying you really good money. Um, and people, you know, they're saying you show up late or that you're working from home. And I'm like, but I'm doing everything that, like, right. everything that had to be done mm-hmm. is done do you want me just here to warm a seat? Like that, right. that's not, that's not me. Right. Right. So, um, so for him though, it went, that talk went in a different direction. It kind of snapped him into place and he's like, okay, well we got to do things a little bit differently because for him, the thought about going into, um, the freelance world again, he mentions it's a, it's, it's a scary thought, right. Okay. Where for me, going back into an office is a scary thought because I I wouldn't be able to, you know, have the freedom that I have right now. Like we spent a month and a half almost in Mexico. Um, And I mean, I have the ability to do it because family there and like, we we only really paid for hotels for like 12, like 10 days. Okay. So actually not even because, uh, the first 10 days in Cabo were paid by the couple that took us oh, there. So <laughs> 10 days, they paid the whole 10 days. It was actually pretty cool. Cause they, they took me out fishing with them. Wow. Um, we went out to the ocean and, and I was just going in the mentality. I mean, it was an awesome day until I lost my awesome Adidas bucket hat. Oh no. I remember that. Hat. It, oh man. It flew away. And I, 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 I literally just sat there and like, I was on the border of crying and the groom was like, he was like, man, I'll buy you another one. I'm like, no, nah, shut the fuck up. You're not buying me another one. But <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't turn but, around. Uh, they couldn't turn around and go get it. We t- okay. So it flew. They tried to stop, but it landed exactly in in the like where the the whirlwind, not the whirlwind, like the, the fucking wake. the wake of the boat is. So mm. it got sucked under. So at that moment, who knows where it's gonna right, pop up, right? right? So goddamn, if it even pops up or it got if or if it got destroyed, but. Yeah, that sucked. But I did take, I did get to catch uh, mahi mahi, nice. which was man, like it was probably if I if I extend my arms the size it was, you won't see me on the screen. But it was it was massive. It was like a ten minute fight, and wow. it, was, it was a really it was a really cool experience, um, which I had never done before. And I was only going with the mentality of oh, I'm gonna go shoot some photos, shoot some video, right. and that's it, right? Um, but no, it was it was cool. So it's, um, I don't know how we got to that. I don't know. I, I was just gonna, <laughs> it's all we're, good. We were talking about how, um, <laughs> how I was in, oh, the, the freedom, the freedom of being able to sure. do these things. Right. Yes, yes. Um, which was one of the main reasons why I had to leave that, that, uh, agency, mm-hmm. which I call it an agency very loosely. Um, <laughs> where are you going? Oh, um, uh, since <laughs> some old man stretches yeah. gotcha uh, <laughs> um because i i told him from the beginning i'm like yo like the wedding there's gonna be days where i have to go away for a couple days or a week or right. it's gonna be on a friday and i can't come into the office and that is the priority or it was a priority at that point mm-hmm. plus clients that her i had already had from being in business almost four years before joining that agency that were you know, loyal to me. And I'm like, right. I can't just abandon them. Mm-hmm. And that became an issue. Um, 
which I understand. Like if somebody came and joined Cut Through Media and they're like, well, I'm still going to be working with my stuff over here. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, yo, but I'm paying you. Right. Right. So, so I, it wasn't so much an issue with them or is more an issue with how I felt with it morally. I was like, well, mm-hmm. it's a, uh, I'm not going to have the liberty to do it. And I don't feel comfortable um, with the amount of work that I'm doing here and the right. amount of work that I still have over here. So it was, um, it, it's something that made me realize that getting a real job again or an office job mm-hmm. is not, not in, at least not at this point in life. Right. Um, I think eventually I do want to find something that's a little bit more secure, mm. but also something that I can, I can do anywhere. Right. Like, um, yeah. Right now, I'm currently taking some advanced courses in um, color science and color grading nice. um, and thinking about pitching that to uh, either online film schools or Nate or things like that where it's, uh, yeah. you know, or even just doing something on my own, mm-hmm. um, but have it be actual, you know, useful information on like this idiot on YouTube uh, would I think his name's Kazi. Yes, Kazi. Um, he has some cool YouTube flashy videos on how to make looks. But when you actually, I actually bought his course and I returned it because um, I wanted to see if there's any depth to what he actually knows. Right. And at least what he shows in the course is absolute shit because <laughs> he doesn't show you. He shows you like how to get there, but he never teaches you the why. And I feel like the why when it comes to what we do is very important. Yes. Whether it's why are you lighting it this way? Why are you shooting from that angle? Why are you coloring it this way? Um, why are you telling the story with the script? Right? Like that why mm-hmm. is ultimately what could make or break your your production. And yeah. that why really, that question why is really, I, I implement it into everything that I do, whether it's buying a piece of equipment or, you know, eating a cookie. Why are you eating this cookie? Do you need this cookie? (laughs) And if you can't answer the why, then you got to really, you got to go back to what the hell is motivating me to even do this. Exactly. If you can't answer the why or the the answer to the why is irrelevant, Mm -hmm. then you should really take a step back and see what is the best way to, to approach us in a different way, which is if I were to do, whether it's in-person classes or an online course or whatever, it's something that I would like to to really focus on, the why behind things. No, that's awesome. I, there needs to be more of that. I think there's this obsession with the cinematic image. Well, it's like, to me, the cinematic image should be the right camera choice for the story. Not And you know what? And, and ultimately, yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. Like, it's such a subjective thing, right? Because for me, the 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 cinematic look it doesn't even come down to the camera. You could get something that looks cinematic with a phone. Yeah. Because ultimately for me, the, the, the frame is what makes it cinematic, right? Yes. It's um, so it's, it's how, you, how you shot it, right. not necessarily what equipment you shot it with. Sure. Um, Cause you can, you can make something look beautiful with natural light, mm-hmm. but um, you can also make it look like shit. You can make something look like shit with uh, artificial light. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, it looks like shit with artificial light with uh, indie productions because they don't know what they're doing, or there's no budget, or there's... Um, they overlight it sometimes. 
Yeah, or speed. Yeah, so it's or you know lack of crew, and and that's that's a huge thing. Huge. It's um, I think when it comes to a lot of things that I've been doing lately is why am I doing it this way? Okay, because it looks good, but does it add anything to it? Can I do it in a simpler way mm-hmm. where I don't need to you know bring a four person crew to a production that really doesn't need more than two people, hmm. right? So it's, um, I think it also, I've also kind of landed in that mentality because the clients that I've started, that I've been working with, which are medium size clients, mm-hmm. medium to large, um, where they're not looking for a movie to be made, right? right. And, um, and I also, I think it's, um, I called it a different way, but I saw this in a tutorial for coloring the other day, which is called the Desert Island Challenge. Okay. Which is how can you achieve a result with minimal tools? Mm. Um, so for this colorist challenge, he, he was using only four tools, right? Um, and he's like, all right, how can I make this look cinematic and give it a cinematic uh, feel and look with only four tools? Hmm. And I mean, this he's a freaking genius. He, so he, he did an amazing job. And I've been thinking about like the way that we've, we've worked on a lot of desert island uh, type projects. Sure. Where it's like, okay, how can we achieve this right. with, you know, minimal light with minimal crew and, and it still works out great. Right. Um, so uh, it's uh, one thing that I, I think we're going to be doing like before it was just because of budgetary reasons, but now it's because now I see it as a fun challenge nice. um, for the, we're, we're going to be shooting a few, uh, pro bono music videos at, at the beginning of next year, nice. which um, which I discussed with you before, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of my way of giving back to the music community because I come from the music community, yeah. and um, and I know a lot of indie artists don't have the budget for even fifteen hundred dollars for a music video, right? So, um, so I kind of made a call and um, sent a call out on Facebook and got some. People send me their music and have a few plans of doing a few music videos. Nice. And um, thinking of doing it now as a as a desert challenge, a oh. desert island challenge. Like, mm. okay, so we have this equipment. We got to make it work with this equipment. We're not going to buy anything else. We're not going to um, get any additional crew that we don't need, other than uh, myself as director and cinematographer, mm. um, and two people for grip and gaff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just a behind the scenes shooter, just to be able to, you know, show this afterwards and, um, and yeah, just making it, making it a thing, kind of like the desert Island music video shoot and seeing, seeing how it turns out. And uh, I mean, from what I know you bring to the table and the other people I have in mind for the project bring to the table, I'm sure we'll be able to, to make a killer thing. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's an exciting, it's an, it's an exciting way of viewing things you know just uh limiting yourselves to Mm. um what you have at hand that's awesome i bet you will find that you have more than enough if you if you simplify it right exactly yeah have you thought about uh, sorry have you thought about documenting the whole process and maybe doing like a youtube series or something like that or yeah definitely um and i actually hadn't thought about it before talking to you right now as i was Mm. saying like the bts shooter i think it'd be cool to kind of um, talk about what we're going to do and, and the process of, you know, because it also helps in showing people a little bit 
into what actually goes into creating a music video, right? Where it's uh, it's not just show up and shoot and right. have somebody go like this to the camera and that's it, right? <laughs> yeah, that is part of it. <laughs> it but, is part of yeah. it, but it's not just it, right? Especially mm -hmm. if you want something that feels cinematic and, you know, mm -hmm. and and that I, I fucking hate that word, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, that feels a little bit more produced. Um, if you sure. want something that feels... Uh, high quality and produced, then you definitely need to put a lot of work into it beforehand. Yes. That way, when you show up on set and it's the, it's the time to shoot, you really, I mean, obviously there's always things that you can't account for, but if you show up prepared, there's really little that can go wrong and you can make things look really good. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, we, we shot that short film Gambit, which is right now in post. Yeah. And um, we're having to do a lot of, um, work and post in terms of how to restructure some things to make them make sense. Oh, okay. um, but ultimately, um, like everything right now, it's lining up to look awesome. Like we had some amazing people on the project. Yep. We had Barrett, we had Jarvis, we had Matt, we had you, we had Gabby, um, plus the actors. Um, we had some really, really good people, really good, talented people on this project. So it's... Um, it's shaping up really well, mm -hmm. but if we had planned better before, yep. it would it would have gone a thousand times better in terms of scheduling and timing. Like right now, I'm dreading uh, when I when I have to color grade it because uh, there's oh, a scene that's the final scene of of the short where we started shooting and there was sun and and it looked you know sunsetty, right? <laughs> but then when the the scene is over the ambience is all dark right like it, it, it's gonna be it's gonna that, be tough but again it's those challenges that i that i look forward to I, I, yeah it's it's kind of that desert island thing it's like you are now trapped on the island and you have to make it look unified you have to make it work <laughs> right was that down on yeah. the bridge there like on the south side yeah 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 the bridge one that's the final scene oh okay yeah right 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 yeah yeah, that's the final scene. Um, Ouchie. So, I mean, thankfully, that light that we used kind of plays a little bit in the same way that, that the natural light was coming in through that big oh, hole. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, I'm going to have to play with, uh, you know, density of the color and and, uh, and brightness of skin tones there. But the hard part is the background because you can see the wide open background and when we're we're looking at um, what was his name, the bad guy? Scott. Uh, was it Scott? <laughs> I don't think it was. No, well, Jordy. When we're looking at Jordy, Jordy yeah. Um, but what? Like, I know his name, but his his character name, Sinister. Sinister. When we're looking at Sinister on this side, it's like bright sky, bright sky. and then we're looking at we're looking at Gambit on this side, and it's night sky, and I'm like. Uh, I mean, we could play it as a duality type thing. You could. Um, I mean, it's a comic book movie, right? But exactly. So it's, um, yeah. So it's just, again, if we would have planned a little bit better, yeah. um, seeing what we have right now, I'm like, fuck, like there's so much in this that, that actually worked, has a lot of potential and that is worth it. Considering we had no budget, we shot it on like, two days was it two or three days it was two days man yeah two days 
Well, that that first day in the studio, that was Dude, that was like being, <laughs> that was on. But that turned out that scene for the most part, right? That scene is great. Um, I I think there's a, a little bit of finessing, but um, but like everything from from the way that that it's shaping up right now, with little to no planning, looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Which again, if we had just a little bit more planning, would have been great. I think I had somebody come in. <laughs> she snuck in and out. She's out of focus yeah. though, so it's okay. Okay. I just heard the door close. I was like, oh. <laughs> was it a ghost or was it your your maid? I never know these days. My maid. <laughs> Have you ever thought uh, about getting a maid and shit like that to really simplify your your life? Constantly. Yeah. Constantly. But we ended up buying a Roomba. Okay. We call her Rosa. Good enough. And, oh, uh, no. <laughs> yes, Mr. Griffin. Like from the film. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't because of Rosa okay. from, Sounds but okay. it was because it was because of a maid that uh, Ellie had back home. Okay. Whose name was Rosa. Yes. Uh, so she was, she was a hello, Mr. Griffin. Mr. Griffin, no home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. Um, no, 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 Mr. Griffin, no home. Um, but I have thought about it, but honestly, I mean, if I lived in a bigger house, mm-hmm. probably, right. but really, I mean, with, with, uh, Rosa downstairs and just needing to vacuum up here, it's fine. The one thing that I am hiring is somebody to pick up the dog poop from the backyard because oh, really? I can't keep up with that. And man, these dogs, they shit like six times a day. Well, you, and- got, <laughs> you got two big dogs, man. Yeah, uh, a husky and an old English sheepdog, and they're uh, they're something else. <laughs> you couldn't have picked two hairier dogs. Well, the good thing about the sheepdog is he doesn't shed. Um, oh, there you go. But uh, the husky, he's a he's a walking cloud of hair. A walking cloud of hair. He's like that Charlie yeah. Brown character. Just a- <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't want to take too much more of your time, but I I do want to ask you. My friend, when you look back on 2021 and you look forward to 2022, what's kind of the, is there a shift coming for cut through media and for Gabe or, or just business as usual? Um, for cut through media, it's, uh, I think business as usual. We're doing pretty good right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we have some really good clients some really good projects coming up. Um, I guess the biggest shift is that. I'm I'm not going to keep waiting on being funded for scripts that I want to do because mm. um, ultimately that is my focus. The focus for Cut Through Media is to keep keep going with the commercial side things, but eventually uh, become a small film house and nice. and produce films and things like that. So um, I think I, uh, we're done waiting on getting funded for these projects because we know uh, the potential is there in terms of the story and in terms of the talent that we can get to work on these projects. Mm. Um, And I'm just kind of done on waiting on competitions to get money, to get it done. Right. When, when we can potentially get it done on, on micro budgets. Yep. Um, So it's um, again, it's just a matter of finding the right way of doing it and, you know, simplifying some things, but I think that is the biggest shift that we're we're going to try to focus a little bit more on narrative stuff this year, um, yes. while keeping up with our commercial clients 
And with the weddings, like I said, it's just um, we have a pretty wild year coming up still. Uh, like we have 18 weddings and they keep coming in and we started to turn them away. Mm-hmm. But for next year, for 23, we're definitely ramping up the prices and nice. cutting down the amount of weddings that we do because that is that is the biggest thing so that we can focus on our family, focus on, you know, um, more the commercial side and also having time to create these narrative projects that, that we were really excited about. Right on. Well, I look forward to being a part of it because you always seem to hire me when you need the help. So. <laughs> well, like I said, we're, we're excited about the talent that, that we have at our hands. Um, mm. You being obviously on our A-list uh, for everything. And, um, and yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely something that, that we look forward to having you on as well. Um, and I mean, who am I going to pick on when, if you're not there? So if, if it's not Barrett, for sure, it's going to be me. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But I mean, uh, we know Barrett cries, so <laughs> right. you can push him too far. That's the thing. We can push him too far. We don't want to make Barrett cry. Barrett, we love you, buddy. We love you. Buddy. <laughs> Episode 99 will be, was Barrett. Let's just say that. <laughs> well, I got to say, man, it's in the last year watching you grow as a, as a businessman and as a cinematographer has been inspiring and we've done some great work and I do look forward to keeping it going. Absolutely, man. And, uh, anytime you want to do this again, I'm down and, uh, let's, uh, let's get together soon. I haven't seen you in two months. What I know, is this? It's, it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> we're going to, we're going to make time. We're going to get together. I, I got, I feel good about this year, man. So thank you. For, Absolutely. Thank you for what you're doing. Sounds good, man. And keep killing it with the podcast. And I know you've been killing it with your videography thing as well. And, uh, and you're, you have a lot of work as a cam op. So, um, you're, you're doing good things in the city. I'm proud of you, man. Thank you, brother. Right back at you. Thank you, folks. Happy New Thanks Year. Thanks for listening. If you listen. <laughs> if you listen, yeah. The <laughs> yeah. four people that listen. All right. <laughs> okay. Bye. See you, brother. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the North Bank Media Podcast. If you enjoy this conversation, please subscribe on YouTube and give us a like. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe as well and leave a five-star review.